0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Hallelujah! Wait, anyone glad they came to church today? Amen. Amen. I tell you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade the presence of God for anything. Amen. I have got a hunger, you know, stirred in me to come after these things day in and day out. I'm thankful for it, guys. I am absolutely thankful for it. Well, well, like Kimberly said, I'm thankful as well that we get to come down here and minister with you guys today. It's such a blessing. I've, I'm telling you guys, we have sincerely missed being down here on, on Sundays. I, I miss my family. Amen. I miss, I miss hanging out with you guys and, and getting to minister the Word. But, but God, praise the Lord. Is expanding, he is expanding what, what God's doing here, and uh, we got, we're doing some amazing things, Amen. You know, kind of for the next for the next I don't know how long, for as long as the Lord wants it to happen. You know, we will we're going to kind of be doing this here. Well, you know, Jason's going to be ministering a couple weeks on Sundays, and then and then uh, then my, me and my family are going to come down here, and then maybe Kimberly or or Melvin or Brother John or something like that. Something will take place, but but anyhow, we got we got everything covered and moving forward in the right direction, and I'm thankful that the Lord. You know, made, made way for us to be able to come down here and preach. You know, it was just like a and said, and we're talking on Wednesday. You know, she said, isn't God amazing? Because, see, we are still got our church service going on in Derry right now, you know. And she was like, but isn't it amazing that God has already brought someone someone in our midst up there that can, that can preach the Word? Because I'm telling you, if you haven't, if you haven't heard uh, Adrian be able to minister the Word, you ought, to, you ought to get up on our podcast and hear him, because this guy, he can, he can throw down. And he's uh, and even though we have a, a small wee church up there at the moment, amen, we're fixing that. And, uh, uh, hopefully next weekend, move into our building over there. So, so keep those sayings in prayer. Amen. Glory to God. So we've got some amazing things coming up, and I, and I expect to see some of you guys coming up there and visit sometimes. Amen. And, uh, but it's uh, the good stuff. Amen. It's good stuff. But listen, I, I'm gonna i to jump into because I think I got a, quite a few things to say as if that's not anything new for me. But I got a few things I want to say today because I'm telling you, I got I got something that's been throbbing on the inside of me. It's been throbbing in my heart for the for the past you know, couple years, and it, it seems to be getting stronger and stronger and stronger to where it's beginning to make a cry come out of my mouth, you know. And you say, well, what is that cry? I'm telling you, that cry is, Come, Jesus. Come now, amen, come to this place, come into our presence, come and meet us into this place. I mean, this is, this is the same cry we've had, the church has had for 2,000 years. I mean, it's gotten soft in the past 2,000 years. This is what it was birthed in. I mean, the birth, it was birthing, you know, people having the expectation that their king was coming back in their lifetime. I mean, you know, when you're reading through and you're studying through the Word of God, Paul and him, paul thought Jesus was coming in his lifetime. He kept on saying, when he comes to take us, amen, he, he always thought he was coming in right now. Why is it, church, we have everything pushed off like it's in some far, far distant future? Church, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we'll get into that place to get pressed in, if we'll get into that place of seeking out the things of God, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to show Up, I mean, Jesus is going to show up. This is a promise he's given to each and every one of you. Amen. I'm telling you, this this is a cry that needs to be stirred up in our hearts, church. Amen. Not just people sitting in churches. Okay, I showed up. No, we ought to be coming to church seeking his presence. Why? Because we're going to live in his presence for eternity. We're going to be living in his, in his presence for eternity. Paul said to the church at Corinth here in, in 1 Corinthians sixteen twenty two, he says, "If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning if anyone not love my Lord my King, he says he says, let him be anathema, let him be anathema, maranatha. He goes, let him be anathema. That's a, that's that's a Aramaic for let, let them be accursed." I mean, you don't love my Lord, you don't love my king, you don't want him to come back. He goes, let you be accursed. Listen, church, this is this ought to be our attitude even to the world nowadays. Listen, if you don't love our king, you want to fight against our king, you want to fight against the church, let you be an anthem, Maranatha. Because our, our God's coming. Jesus is coming. I mean, Jesus is with us. Jesus is coming in this place. We 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 have got to get stirred up from these things. I mean, who am I talking to today? I mean, can I get a few nods here and amen? I mean, we need to wake up. I mean, this this is something that is serious, church. We need to have a heart shift on the inside of us with a cry that's coming off for our king. What is your cry for today? I mean, what, what, what is your cry? What is your heart crying out for today? Huh, church? What, what, what are we crying out for? Is it, is it, is it the political, oh man, uh, uh, all the political nonsense and all the political jargon going on around the world. What, what is your heart crying out for? Is it for cultural changes? Is it the virus that's going on? Is it the lockdowns that's, that, that may be coming back again? What is your heart crying out for? Is it for a bigger and a better house? Is it for a bigger bank account? Is it for a promotion at your job? What is your heart crying out for, church? What is your heart crying out for? Cause I'm going to tell you, sadly say, this, this is what 99% of the church, this is what they're believing God for, this is what their heart's crying out for. Listen, if we don't allow these distractions, these carrots that, that the adversary is putting in front of our faces, if we don't allow those carrots to be smashed underneath our feet, listen, church, we are going to be the powerful church that, that God has designed us to be the more we're we'll walking in nothing. But walking in absolutely nothing because we're so consumed with ourselves. So consumed with ourselves, so consumed with pride and self-promotion, amen, that we end up being like the, the church of Corinth, amen, that we end up being like that church of Corinth where people were, they're so much in pride, they yielded unto self-exaltation and self-promotion to where they they're going around saying, I mean, I can't, you can't even believe, oh, I, I, I'm following Paul. I'm a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of Paulus. I'm a, I'm a disciple of Cephas or Peter. And then some say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. They're actually having arguments in the church about who was the best leader. Amen. I what did Paul do? He came back and he rebuked them. I mean, he rebuked me. He said, did I save you? Did I baptize you? Amen. I thank, thank God I, didn't, I hardly baptized any of you people. I mean, why? Because it's, everything needs to be pointed back to Jesus' church. Everything needs to be pointed back to Jesus. He, re, he was reaffirming into this church things that, that they need to get corrected. And why? Because, see, this metastasized in them. It metastasized this, this self-pride and the self-promotion of, oh, oh, I know better because I like this guy. I know better because I listen to Brother Hagen. I, I know better because I listen to this guy. And it, it, this metastasized into the church to where in 2 Corinthians we see that, that Paul was addressing now super apostles. Let me put quotes on that. Super apostles were, were coming into the church and what were they doing? They were using this pride that was among the people to what? Draw these people to themselves. And why were they drawing them to themselves? Because they wanted their money. They wanted the things that they could offer. Amen. They wanted the crowd. They wanted the congregation. I'm telling you church, everything we need to be doing, we need to be pushing to Jesus. We need to be pushing. he He needs to be our only focus, our only priority in our lives and everything that we are doing church. I'm telling you, things have got to change. Things have got to change. Things have got to change. Church, what is our gaze on? What, what are is our eyesight's on? What is our goals on? What is our gaze? What are we pointing to? I'm telling you, because the fruit, the fruit that is producing in your life, will tell the story. The fruit that is produced in your life, it's going to tell the history of who your lover is in intimacy. Hmm. Huh? What's being produced out of your life is going to tell what you truly love. Hey Amen. How many of you can quote you know, you know, every episode of Friends when things are coming up? And I'm telling you, I'm not promoting watching that rubbish because I'm telling you, that's absolute garbage. I mean, to me, it's a, to me it's a, it is an absolute problem that the church thinks that stuff like that's good nowadays. I mean, that is insane. Amen. I but see, see how many of us can quote? You know, you know, when the episode of Friends come on. Oh, huh? well. Okay, okay. Let me let me get to the men here. How many of y'all can? How many of y'all can t- can can quote every stat for Manchester United or Liverpool? <laughs> Amen. Or Chelsea or whoever whoever your your favorite football club is. I mean, how many How many of us can, can, can quote every stat of those things? How many of us can tell about every social event that's going on around the world, amen? Whether you should take a vaccine, whether you shouldn't take it. You know, if the virus is this, what the new virus is, what are the different things coming on? How many of you can quote all these things? How many of us know when Jesus is coming back? I mean, see, this, is, this ought to be the cry of your heart, church, not being able to quote all this other rubbish, but how many of you have a sense in your heart that our Lord, our King, our Savior, He's coming back. He's coming back, and I'm telling you, I believe, I believe with the fullness of my heart that He's coming back in our generation. But see, it's going to take a church, it's going to take a people to get a shift on the inside of them. Amen. To get an intimacy boiling up on the inside of them. To get a change in them. Amen. <laughs> to seek out him, seek out his kingdom and everything they're doing. Instead of all, this, all these distractions the world is trying to put in our, in our paths. I'm telling you, church, it's time to wake up. What is our gaze upon? You know, I can hear people, oh, Lord, here we go. It's going to be another one of those messages. I think it's going to be another one of those messages. Amen. It's going to be another one of those messages. Amen. Let, let's sit here. I got I got three portions of scripture I want to I want to speak to you today. So let's 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 get with it. Amen. Let's go to Second Peter the Second Peter chapter three, and we're going to go through the first handful of scriptures here. Here in, in chapter three, verse one, it says this uh, this second epistle, beloved. He says, "I now write unto you." in both which I, I stir up a pure minds by the way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of the apostles of our Lord and Savior. I like this. Uh, Peter sitting there talking to the church. He's saying, listen, we need to bring something into our remembrance, church. I mean, we need to stir something in our memory, stir something up on the inside of us by reading the Word of God, by studying what the prophets of old used to say, and then yielding to what the apostles and the prophets of today are saying. I mean, he was saying this 2,000 years ago. I say this to you right now. Study what the, the prophets of old were saying. Listen to what the, the apostles were speaking that wrote the New Testament, and listen to what the apostles and the prophets are saying today, because I'm telling you, church, it's crying out, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I mean, how many of y'all know there are twice as many scriptures in the Word about His second coming than the first. I mean, there are twice as many scriptures written about His second coming than there were to his first. You say, you say, why is that? Well, apparently Jesus knew that, that we're going to need a, a foundation, something to go back we apply our faith to. Why? Because time can be an enemy. Amen, I time can be the worst enemy. I'm telling you, if you allow it, Satan will use time to absolutely manipulate everything about you. He will get you out of faith. He will get you out of, out of being encouraged. He'll get you out of everything he can simply by using time. Time's not a bad thing. Time's not a bad thing. We can't allow it to be a weapon against us, amen? We don't allow time to dictate things for us. We allow the Word of God to dictate things for us, Right? Right? I mean the Lord, the Lord is encouraging us, listen, listen, church, to get to get back and 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 check out what the what the word is saying for us. It says here in verse 3, it says, knowing that the first, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking in their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since his fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. It says there are going to be scoffers coming. I mean, there's going to be ridiculers coming. This was talked about 2,000 years ago. There's going to be scoffers. There's going to be, there's going to be ridiculers coming saying, listen, guys, you've been talking about his coming for 2,000 years. Where is your king? Where is he? Where is the Messiah? I'm telling you, this is that antichrist spirit trying to get into the church, trying to lull us to sleep. I mean, I know there is an antichrist that is on, on this earth right now trying to lull us to sleep. Trying to, trying to lull you to sleep, trying to get you out of the Word of God, trying to get you thinking, oh, all these things are in such a distant future. Why do I need to press in now? Why do I need to put my life as a sacrifice now on the altar? You know, he, you know, he, he may not come back for thousands and thousands of years. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, church, he is lulling the church to sleep. Amen. And it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to begin to to push back on these things. Amen. I mean, there's so many people, I'm telling you, I I can hear it. We talk about these things and people are like, oh man, but but Pastor, I really don't want to miss out on the fullness of life. There's so many things I want to do. There's so many things I haven't done yet and I want to do it. And I know Jesus wants me to do it. Amen. I have a lot of things that, that that I need to get done, that need to take place before Jesus comes back. Well, I'm going to tell you, church, anything that usurps Jesus, anything that usurps his presence, anything that usurps intimacy with him, I'm telling you, it's heresy. It's heresy. It's something we need to push back against with everything we have. We need to have an expectation and a love for him to come back. Listen, I had this self-indulgent attitude myself. I mean, for years, I'd say this, I'd use this as the excuse. Oh, um, we just need to pray. We just need to pray that Jesus, don't, don't come back now because, because we, got, we got a lot of things to do. We got a lot of people that need to get saved. You know what that's code word for? Listen, I haven't fulfilled all of my goals, all of my ambitions. I haven't had all the, all the salvations checked off, all the healings I want done, all of my business activities done. I don't have all that done yet. Amen. So Jesus, don't come back. Don't come back yet. You know, and why is that? Why is that? Because you find, if you, if you look deep enough, you'll find out. Listen, it's because you're not in that place of intimacy. And listen, if you're not in that place of intimacy, seeking out him, listen, listen, I don't want to come face to face with him, one that loves me more, that's burning more red hot for me than I'm burning for him. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. I mean, what are you burning for? Hmm? What, what are we living for? What, what are we doing? We need, we, need to get, we need to get some things situated. Yeah, there's a revival here. Absolutely. There's going to be the greatest revival this world's ever seen. It's going to take place. It's going to take place by your hands. Listen, church, we're the progenitors of it. We're going to be the progenitors of this revival. Amen? But, we're, but it's going to take a place of intimacy for these things to be released through you. It's going to take a place of intimacy for these things to be released through you. Why? Because Jesus is waiting on you. Helena, he's waiting on you. Taquana, he's waiting on you. I mean, he's waiting on us to get filled up, to get such with a red-hot passion that we go out of these walls with this church and we begin to change people, that a forest fire begins to take place because we can't stand it. We're so hot with a passion for him. With a passion for him. He's waiting on you, church. Oh, well, I'm just waiting on Jesus. <laughs> no, Jesus has already done it. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to get in line. He's been waiting for 2,000 years for the church to start being the church, to start being walking power, walking his anointing, amen, to where where we don't have to go out and and hand out tracts on the street. There's such a fire burned on the inside of this house that people want to come in just to see what's going on, amen. How's that happen? It happens through you. It happens through you. Happens to you expecting Jesus to come, expecting Him to show up, expecting the Holy Ghost to move, expecting people to get healed, inviting people to church. Why? Because you believe in what's going on here. You believe Jesus shows up in this place. Amen? I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. He's waiting on us to be the the Matthew 28, 18 people. He says he says all all authority in heaven and earth it's been given unto me. He says go there for Go therefore in my authority. Go therefore in my power and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them all things I've commanded you because I'm going to be with you for eternity. And to the end of this age, I'm going to leave you. I'm not I'm not going to leave your side. I'm going to be with you until the end of this age. He goes, and guess what? I'm going to have signs that are going to follow you. If you'll believe me, I'll have signs that follow you. How about you, young men? Would you like to have signs following you? I mean, would you like to be, Like like Jesus says, we like to cast out devils because in his name, he says, if you believe, if you become one with him, he says, if you use his name, he says, you can cast out devils. He says, you will speak in new tongues. He says, you will take up serpents if you drink any deadly thing it shall not harm you. He gives you a promise. He says, if you become one with me, you're going to lay your hands on the sick and people are going to get healed. Why? Because it points them to him. Because it points them to him. It points them to him. This is our commission. Amen. But we got to have expectation. we got to have an expectation for him to come back. We, I'm telling you, church, I, I used to think that was wrong to have an expectation for Jesus to come back, for wanting him to come back. But I'm telling you, it's so, it's so burning on the inside of me. I heard, this, I heard this, and it gave me a permission. I mean, it gave me a permission to even, to even minister this message, amen, as things started, started stirring up, amen, starting up on the inside of me. Listen, let me give you an example. This 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 is what this is what it looks like longing after someone that you love. Amen. So I'm telling you, it's not it's not a bad thing to, to, to hope and pray. Declare, decree, desire. Amen. That we get to be face to face with Jesus. Amen. You say, well, what about the salvations that need to take place in this world? Yeah, they're coming. They're coming, but you but you gotta get it so red hot with him, desiring to be face to face with him. Amen? The, the, this is when those salvations will start taking place. Why? Because you're so consumed with Him, it just begins to flow through you. You don't have to try to be a Christian anymore. It's just who you are. Amen? You're just, you're just like Christ. You don't have to say, oh, I'm a Christian. I do this, I do that. No, people say, oh, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. They, they, they look a lot like that Jesus guy in the Bible. They talk a lot about it. I mean, it's like this. If my, if, my wife, if my wife was going back... To, to the U.S., say. She was going back there to, to visit a family. We haven't been there in two years. Say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to jump on over there. I'm going to go visit the family. So she jumps over there for, say, to stay there for two weeks, right? Well, as we know, with lockdowns and, and, and COVID and all this other rubbish that's going on around the world right now, say she gets stopped over there and she can't come back. And it, and it goes on for a year, a two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, maybe, maybe even 20 years. I mean, maybe even twenty years, but we, but we commi- we can, we continue to communicate, we can comm- continue to talk, we continue to do everything that two people that are intimate with do, amen. From a distance, and what happens? I finally get the call. Ah, oh, Ryan, guess what? Things are opening up. Things are opening up. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to sit back and go hang out in the pub. I'm not going to sit back and go, and go to Jason's house and see what the crack is and see if Nadine's cooking up something good on the stove because that girl can cook. Amen. I'm not, I'm not going to be doing these things. You know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be, well, what time, what time are you coming home? What, what, what time is that? Do you have your you have your ticket purchased. What what, what is that? What is that flight number? Huh? When are you leaving? What day is that? Is it going to be in the morning? Is it going to be in the evening? Amen. Okay. Okay. I'll check that out. And I'm telling you, I'm going to know every every spot when she leaves. Amen. When she's on the sky, I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be believing God with her. I'm going to know at the time she's going to arrive in the airport here in Dublin. And what am I going to do? I'm not going to be there, you know, right on time because what happens if there's a little bit of traffic and I miss her? Amen. Or she has to wait on me. What am I going to be doing? I'm going to be there. T- Two hours early, pressed in, sitting there with my, with my coat on, looking, looking for her to come through that tunnel right, so I can see her. Why? Because I adore her. Because I adore her. It's not because I, all these other people from America, they couldn't come back and it's like, oh, I, I thank God they have families. I, I know, I understand all that. But see, my gaze is for her. Amen? My, my eyes are for her. Amen? And when I long for her, she's the one I'm consumed with. Amen? And when she is coming, listen, praise God for all the other ones that get to come. But I want that one. I want that one. I'm going to make sure I'm not late for anything when, when it comes to place. Amen? When this comes to pass. At church, I'm telling you, church, we, we, we got to get something shifted on the inside of it. You say, what are you, what are you talking about? Listen, if our, if, our, if our marriage, if a marriage of a man and a woman, if it is a reflection of our relationship with Jesus... Amen. How in the world can I have more passion for my wife than I do for my my lover, my savior, my king? How can these things take place? Church, I'm asking you a question. How can these things take place? How can we have a natural a natural relationship that burns hotter than a relationship for our than, than our Savior, than our God, the one that we've been made in union with, than Jesus. You say, what are we talking about? Church, I want to build, I want to kindle up a fire today on the inside of you. I want to kindle up a fire on the inside of you to start believing God, to, to start seeking out for the things of God. I want you to have an expectation that he's coming back. Church, I'm telling you, he's desiring to come back. He's desiring to come back for his church. He is desperate for you. He's desperate for you. We need to get desperate for him. We need to get desperate for him. We need to stop saying, oh, Jesus, just just wait a little bit longer. I need a few things I need to get done here. And we need to start saying, oh, come, come, my lover. Come, I'm desperate for you. I need you. Come here, set up your throne here in Jerusalem. Come, come. We need you. We're desperate for you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, this is the cry. Listen, see, if you don't have this cry, I can understand it. I didn't, have it for, I didn't have it for many years in my life. I didn't have it for many years in my ministry life. Amen, but I'm telling you, this is going to be the cry for the church. Amen, it's not just going to be one person up here in the pulpit, you know, is preaching on these things. The church is going to be crying out for him to come back, and you know what he's going to do? He's going to come back. He's going to come back, and he's going to come back in the fullness and come back in power. Let me let me jump back here into the Scripture. What verse was I in here? Let's go let's go here with... Uh, uh, verse four, it says, "And saying, where, uh, where is the promise of his coming? Since the days of the, fa- the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. How many of you have heard that?" For this is willing. For for uh, this they are willing and ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth was standing and now the water uh, and out of the water and in the water whereby the world was then being covered by flowing with the water when they were perishes. This is talking about when when the when the whole earth was filled up with water. And, you know the Lord spoke and pushed back water. Earth came up and then what happened in the days of Noah? Water came back by and flooded it. It says here in verse seven. But when the heavens and the earth which are which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire for the day of judgment and partition of ungodly men, of ungodly men. This is merely speaking of the renovation that's coming to the earth. How many of y'all know the heavens and the earth, they're gonna be renovated, amen? They're gonna be renovated, it says by a fire here, they're gonna be renovated in which all darkness, anything that is not holy is gonna be removed, amen? And his glory is gonna fill this earth. <laughs> church, I'm telling you, his glory is going to fill this earth. Some of these things we get a little taste of now, is nothing. His glory is going to fill this earth. Church, you're not going to need a sun. You're not going to need the stars. You're not going to need the moon. Why? Because his glory is going to be the, all the light you need. I'm telling you, church, we need to start getting excited for the things of God. Woo, uh, hallelujah. Here in verse 8 here. Here in verse 8 it says, But beloved, be not ignorant for this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. He's saying, don't be ignorant. Don't walk without knowledge of these things. Amen? That, That one day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Don't be ignorant, church, that God is not subject to our time frame. Don't be ignorant that God is not subject to doing things when we think he should be doing things. Amen. Now, he's, not, he's not subject to you getting every need met in your life before he decides to come down unto this earth. He is not subject unto time. Time is subject to him. The time of the ages are subject to him. He's the one that speaks these things into existence and they come into pass. Amen. They yield to him. Time yields unto him. In verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all, everyone say all, this is the heart of God, that all come into repentance, that all come into repentance. I like this in the Passion Translation here. It says, that means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return, as some men measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you. Because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. He says his loving patience is towards who? To you? See, most people say, oh, he's patient towards the world, waiting for them to get saved. That's not, that's not what the word says. He says, it's patient towards you. Who's this, who's this letter written to? It's written to the church. He's saying, he is yeah, long patient to you. Amen. For you to do what? For you to get full of passion, full of fire for the things of God and go out and complete the the commission that Jesus has given to us. He is long, patient. He has has a patience towards each and every one of us. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone else to perish. You say, well, when's Jesus going to come down here and fix all? He's not going to do that, church. That, That job's for you. Amen. He put salvation out for all of the world, but he's given us something crazy. It says it's foolishness, foolishness, that we get to preach the word of God and it brings people into salvation. You get to live your life and it gets to bring people into salvation. Church, these things are mad. These things are crazy. This is how God has desired to do things. Amen. Why? Because he wants to work with you. He wants to work with you. He's, not, he won't, he's already done everything he's going to do. He wants to work through you. Amen. To change this world around us. Amen. I'm telling you, church, he's waiting for us to burn. He's waiting for us to burn with an uncontrollable passion. Amen. To what happens that, that our dreams, let me rephrase that, that his dreams now become our dreams, that his desires now become our desires. Amen? We get shifted. Why? Because we're in union. We're in love. And we want everything that he desires that all be saved come through each and every one of us. Amen, church? We need, our passion needs to be like an unquenchable, unstoppable forest fire. lighting people on fire everywhere we go. In verse 10, it says, But that day of the Lord will will not come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat and the earth and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. It says mean, this is where people say, oh, well, we don't really need to worry about getting pressed into the things of God. Man, he's gonna come, he's gonna be like a thief. No one's gonna know it. So I can just kind of continue on and do the things we're doing. I don't know why preachers wanna talk about him coming back because listen, you can't know it. He's gonna come like a thief in the night. And I'm telling you, church, you're misreading the scriptures. Amen, why? Because you're self-consumed. You're self-consumed with yourself. Bounce back with me. Here's my second set of scriptures here in, in First uh, Thessalonians. Let's go there. Th- First Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, verse 1. It says, but of the times of the season, brethren, he goes, you have no need that I write unto you. Amen, you have no need that I write unto you. He Listen, he was just talking about the rapture of the church. Amen. Now well, let's go ahead and go back there. Let's bounce on back up to, to verse seventeen there in chapter four. It says, "It says then which you that are alive shall remain and be caught up together unto them in the clouds and shall be shall meet the Lord in the air, so that so that we shall ever be with the Lord." Listen, what is this talking about? Amen. He's saying we're gonna meet him in the air just to come right back down. I mean, listen, listen, listen. This is this is talking about the rapture of the church where where we at the beginning of the tribulation get brought up into the heavens with Jesus himself. Why? As all of all of the seven years of tribulation that take place that goes into old covenant time and then what do we do? Then we're coming back with Jesus on 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 horses. So I hope all you people can ride in here, you know, because otherwise it's just gonna be Leah, you know, that's gonna be gone down. Amen. We'll be dragged behind her, amen. But I'm telling you. We're all coming out of of heaven with Him, amen? But it says you've got to be caught up. Amen. You got to be caught up. Now I can hear all the naysayers out there saying, "Well, pastor, there's not even a word in the Bible that says rapture. Why do y'all keep preaching these things?" Well, listen, church. You need to stop listening to YouTube trying to trying to figure out what your doctrine is, and start getting to the Word of God to get your doctrine. Amen. There there isn't the word rapture in the Bible. Absolutely not. There is, but there isn't the word there isn't the word harpazo either in the Bible. See, this is what the word the Greek word for caught up is harpazo. I mean, it means to be to be caught. Up. Up. It means to be seized. It means to be taken. It's, it's from the Greek word harpazo. Now, where does the Greek word, uh, where do we get the word rapture? It comes from the Latin word, which was translated from harpazo, and it means rapturo. Amen? The, the Bible was translated into Latin before it was translated into English. Amen? This is where we get the word rapture, church. It's, it's not something that a word that people made up. No, we took it from another language. Amen? Just like the whole Bible was taken from another language. Amen? So get off of YouTube. Let's get in the Word of God and start studying the things of God. Amen. It, say, it says that we are going to be raptured. He says, listen, he says, but there is no, I don't have to tell you about these times and seasons, brethren. You have no need that I write to you about these things. He goes, I already just explained to you the rapture. I said, already, you know what the end times are going to look like. We've been teaching on these things. Listen, listen, the church was well taught back in the days of Paul. They were well taught. He didn't even stay in the church preaching every week like, like we do nowadays. I mean, he was bouncing around going all over the place. Amen. I mean, what happened? He trained, up, he trained up amazing preachers. What did they do? They were teaching the same exact thing that he was. Why? It was the Word. Amen? And, and what happened? He says, wherefore, comfort one another with these things. Hmm? I'm telling you, things we're talking about, it ought to comfort you. You say, oh, this don't really sound like a comforting message to me. Well, I'm telling you, maybe, maybe we ought to shift something on the inside of us. And listen, when we get a desire for him, listen, you'll get comforted by these things. You'll get comforted. You won't be in fear when Jesus comes back here. You'll be comforted. You won't be in fear that maybe there's a rapture, maybe there's not a rapture. Listen, I can care less. Listen, if if I'm wrong on the rapture, which I'm telling you I'm not, but if I am wrong, it doesn't matter to me. Why? Because I'm still going to be walking the power and the authority and all the goodness of God that's in the Word. Amen? The Word is our our foundation in all things. It's our foundation. We should be comforted by the end times. Why? Because when all hell breaks loose, listen, it's not coming against you. Amen? It's not going to stop you. Amen? What do we mean he's saying? Ah, ananthema, maranatha. If you won't follow my king, you're going to be accursed. Amen? But come Jesus anyway. Come Jesus. Jesus is at hand. Amen? Come come to this place for each and every one of us. Amen? Ah, hallelujah. By the time the seasons, brethren, you should have no need that I write unto you. He says, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety and sudden destruction come upon you, he goes, and travail upon a woman with a child. Let me read this out of Amplified on that verse 3. It sounds really good there. It says, when people are saying, all is well and secure, and there is a peace and safety, then in a the moment, unforeseen destructions, ruin and death will come upon them as suddenly as labor pains come upon a woman with a child. And they shall be no means escape, for there will be no escape. He goes, but you, brethren, are not in darkness. That day shall overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the uh, the children of the day and not children of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us sleep. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. He says, let us, let us be watchful. He goes, don't let us, don't blow yourself to sleep. We need to be watchful. We need to be sober. What do we need to be watchful for at church? We need to be diligent, watching for the kingdom of God to come into this place. Watching for the kingdom of God to be released. And watching for the king to be coming. Studying out these things, praying out these things, seeking out what God has for us. Amen. We need to be living our lives as a ministry like Jesus isn't coming back for thousands of years. Amen. You say, what do I mean by that? We need to be living like He's not coming back for a thousand years, training up our children, birthing churches, planning new churches, trying to get people saved, doing everything we need to do. But I'm telling you, we need to have the expectation that He's coming. We need to have a heart's cry on the inside of us that He's coming. But we don't need to be living like sitting back doing nothing. No, we need to live like He's never going to come back. Amen. But we have to have our desire on. Inside of us, that He is. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Amen. We got to get to the. We got to get to these places. We need to get. We need to be watchful. We need to be sober, church. We need to stop being, uh, We need to stop getting intoxicated with the things of this world. Oh, come on, church! You know, get get off of Facebook. Amen. Get off of the news feeds that's telling you all hell's breaking loose around you that you're going to die from Omnicrom or whatever the, the new stinking virus is. I mean, get off. Of it. Who cares about these things? Why? It's not subject to you. Amen. The healer lives on the inside of you. We're the ones healing the sick, not worrying about getting sick. Amen. Does that mean you're not going to have a temptation? No, you may have a temptation coming against you. But I'm telling you, you got the Word and you got the Holy Spirit. That's all you need, church. That's all you need. We need to, we need to get focused, quit being intoxicated with all the rubbish that's out there right now, and get intoxicated with Him. Get intoxicated with him. Get, get, have, have a sip too much of him. Amen. Get a little drunk in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Get to that place where you can't get up off the floor because you're so intoxicated with his presence. Amen. This is why we need to be sober. We need to be sober. We need to be watchful. Hallelujah. We need to be sober. We need to be watchful. Jump back there to verse 4. It says, but brethren, you're not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Well, I thought he just said that, that he's coming like a thief. He's not coming like a thief to the church. Hmm? Jesus isn't going to come like a thief to the church. He will to those who are in darkness. But he's not coming like a thief into the church. No, the other word says we've shot on the other day, nor the hour when he's coming. I'm telling you, church, you're going to know the season. You're going to know the season. You're going, to have, you're going to have a thumping on the inside of you, knowing when our Lord, when our King is coming back. Why? Because he has an expectation. Listen, church, I'm convinced, Lord, that, the, that only these things are going to be revealed unto the intimate. See, it's not that Jesus, not that your spirit won't be crying out, but listen, if you've got a calloused heart, you've got a callous spirit, listen, you're not going to be able to hear it. You're not going to be able to hear it. I mean, this, is, this is what I'm telling you. We need, we need to get to that place of enemies. Get, get to that place where we're hearings. Because I'm telling you, there is a thumping going on right now. I'm telling you, the king is crying out for his church. He's crying out for us to get, get sealed, get serious, get real. Amen. to do the things that he's calling us to do. Because he's coming. He's desiring to come. He's desiring to put, to put his foot back down here on this earth. Amen. He's desiring to call his church out of here. He's desiring to renovate this world. He's desiring to do it. Why? Because he wants to spend eternity with you. He wants to be face-to-face with you. He wants to be mouth-to-mouth with you. He wants you to be able to feel his breath when he's speaking to you, when he's praying over you, when he's loving on you. Mm, What's your desire, church? What is our desire? See, this goes back to my example. This goes back to my example of, of like when my wife's coming back. Listen, listen, when she may be overseas, we may, we may be in union, but with a distant communion. Amen. But I'm telling you, I will know exactly everything about her. Why? Because we're still gonna be talking daily. We're still gonna be FaceTiming, zooming, Amen, praying with one another, standing, standing, you know, standing in, in faith for the things of God to come to come for us, for her to come back to me. Amen. There, there's no way I'm gonna miss those things. Why? Because we're gonna be in communion. Union. We're going to be pushing forward in these things. Listen, church, what are we pushing forward? Huh? What are we pushing towards? What are we pushing for? Listen, church, love never, love never fails. It never fades out, it never becomes obsolete. It never comes to an end. It never comes to an end. Not for my wife, nor for you, especially not for my king. Especially not for my king. How are we looking here? Y'all can give me a few more minutes? Oh, I get one amen? Are you kidding me? Just for that, I'm going anyhow. Y'all are going to have to sit there and wait. I was going to make it short for you, but y'all ruined that one. Yep. Welcome back, pastor. All right, this is, this is, this is the, the place I wanted to get to today. So you're going to have to listen I'm gonna go to I'm gonna to go to, to Matthew chapter 25. Now this comes right back off of 24, where Jesus starts talking about the end times and and you know when he's coming back and he starts laying out a list of things, but but I want to bypass that for, you know especially for the sake of time here. And I wanna I wanna jump off I wanna jump off in here in verse one. Now listen, as we as we become students of the word of God, church, I wanna encourage you when you're studying the word of God, listen, read the word of God at face value. You say, what do I mean by that? When you read the Word of God, allow, allow it to teach you. Amen. You don't need to teach the Word. You say, what do I mean by that? Don't, don't allow your thoughts and your desires, your doctrines to interpret the Word of God. Allow the Word of God by the Holy Spirit to, to create and make, make you a doctrine. Amen. The Word is our doctrine. We don't force the Word into our doctrine. Amen. We allow it to speak for itself at face value. Listen, listen. Oh, the Bible's full of symbolism. When it's full of symbolism, listen, church, it tells you what it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, the Bible was meant for, for everyday people like you and us. You don't have to be you don't have to be some super spiritual, you know, with eight PhDs, be able to read the word of God. No, all you got to do is be able to read or listen. Amen. You can understand everything that's come, But listen, you can't be a natural man. You're going to have to be, you hear it by the Spirit. You're going to have to hear it. It's a spiritual book written to spiritual people. So listen here in, verse, in uh, chapter 25, verse 1. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. To meet the bridegroom. Now listen. This kingdom of heaven is talking to Listen, lesson. this always confused me, you know, for many for many years. Why does why does Matthew say kingdom of heaven, and why does, you know, Mark, Luke, and John, why do they talk about the kingdom of God? What's the difference? Are they the same thing, or are they not? Well, listen, church, we've got to understand who the audience is that, that he's speaking to. You know, Matthew primarily wrote the gospel to minister unto the Jews. Amen. And the Jews at this time, they would not speak, uh, they wouldn't say the name of God, they wouldn't say Yahweh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't write out his name. Why? Because They were in in an attitude of respect towards the things of God. So, listen, even even in here, he didn't say the kingdom of God, he says the kingdom of heaven. But it's speaking about the same place, amen? So, he says, says well, where, okay, I'll say that. Where, Where is the kingdom of heaven? Where is the kingdom of God? I mean, it's any place the king resides, right? It's any place the king resides. So, where is that? That's in heaven, amen, and that's also in here. Amen. This, this is where the kingdom's been placed. It's been placed on the inside of you. It's also in heaven. Amen. But that place is coming down here. We need to quit being so heavenly-minded people. Amen. The church, I don't know when the church made this shift and everything's about heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. Listen, how I many of y'all know everything's going to end up here? I mean, this, this is where the king is going to set up his throne. This is where the father is going to come down on his throne. He's coming down to this place after it's been renovated. This, listen, everything's coming back to the earth. Quit, quit, quit thinking everything is about heaven, and we need to get everything prepared here. Amen? Because the king's coming back to this place. Amen? It says the kingdom of heaven. It says in verse 2, and one of them, it says, and they went out to meet the bridegroom, and one of them uh, were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and they took oil with them, but the wise ones took oil in their vessels, took oil, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Listen, it says one was foolish, one was self-consumed, one was only worried about themselves. They said, you know, I don't want to spend any extra money on any oil if the king comes when I have enough. Listen, that's grand. Amen. I don't want I don't want to spend any extra money. I don't want to carry the extra weight. Amen. Cause why? Because he really doesn't matter that much to me. Amen. I he really doesn't matter that much to me. Amen. I'm telling you, church, we don't want to be like these, we don't want to be like the foolish ones. Amen. You know, how many of y'all you know a little bit of extra weight can be good for you? Amen. Why weight comes with responsibility. Amen. When God gives responsibility, listen, there's a weight that comes with it. Amen. We need, we need to you know, not, not push back against that weight. We need to yield unto it. Amen. Because all it means is, is the Lord's putting on a little more, a little more responsibility for you. Why? Because he trusts you more. Because he trusts you more. When you get to that place of trust, he brings forth more responsibility. When he brings forth more responsibility, it comes with more weight. Amen. But what is he doing? The same thing he's doing with the church right now. He's building up each and every one of you to be able to withstand and carry the weight. Amen. Why? Because see, we're we're in a generation that no no other no other generation's ever seen. Amen. But there's gonna there is a weight that's gonna come upon this generation that we need to be able to withstand. We need to be able to hold on to. We need to be able to, we need to have back strong enough to carry it. Amen. You say, What is that? It's preparing the world for Jesus to come back. I'm telling you, church, that, that is a serious weight. That is a serious weight. It says the wise, there are some wise ones. He says they took extra oil. Why? Because the bridegroom was important to them. Here in verse 5 it says, Now while the bridegroom tarried, he said they all slumbered and they all slept. While the bridegroom tarried, he goes, they all, they all slumbered they all slept. Not, not just the ones without oil, the ones that had oil too. They, why? Because he took his time. Now listen church, back in these days when the bridegroom was coming to get his bride, listen, sometimes they tarried, sometimes they took a while, sometimes they were late. You say, why is that? Because they were, they were fulfilling the promises that they made. Amen there were promises that needed to come to fruition before they came and got their bride. Amen. they wanted to have enough money for they wanted the gifts, they wanted, they wanted the dresses, they wanted the, the, the housing, that need, all this needed to be prepared before they came and got the bride, and they didn't come get her until these things were completed. Why? Because they honored her. They loved her. They, want, they wanted everything to be fulfilled before they came upon the scene. Listen, church, I'm telling you, Jesus is the same way with us. I'm telling you, Jesus is going to keep his promises. Je- Jesus is trying to honor the church. He's, he is long patient. He has a lot of patience for what? For you. Amen. To what? To meet his goal. But I'm telling you, he will fulfill every promise that he has made for each and every one of us if we will, if we will seek into it, if we'll seek after it, if we will yield into it. Amen. Verse, uh, verse 6, it says. Almost done here, guys. It says, and at midnight, he goes, there was a cry to behold, and the bridegroom comes. He says, and and they went out to meet him. He says, and all the virgins arose, and they trimmed their lamps, and the foolish ones said unto the wise, give us your oil. He goes, for our lamps have gone out. Give, Give us your oil. I desperately need your fire, because my fire is gone. You know, the king's coming, I need, I need, I need, I need some more fire. Give me some of yours, mine's gone out. Church, I believe this, this is the call going on in the heart of the church right now. Amen, I'm telling you, most of the church's fire, it's gone out. Amen, but, they, but the Lord is, is the ones that have been prepared, the ones that have been seeking out. He's given them, he's given them a call, he's given them a mission to do what? To wake up these people. Amen. Wake up these people, because I'm telling you, church, they're going to they're miss the boat. <laughs> Amen. They're going to they're miss the king coming if they continue to let their fires be burnt out. They're going to turn apostate and walk away from the things of God. I've never seen even, and I've only been on this earth for, for 44 short years. Amen. And I'm telling you, I've never seen the church in such a weak state as it, as it is in right now. Amen. Uh, You've heard me say this many times. I'm thankful that the pandemic came. You say, why is that? Because it's been burning off everything that's weak in the church. Amen. It's starting to stir up something on the inside of people. Why? Because it's time to get serious. Amen. Uh, uh, They they got in fear of these things. But listen, listen. His promises will be fulfilled. His promises will be fulfilled. Hmm. His promises will be fulfilled. They won't be fulfilled necessarily by our words, church. But it's being so red hot with passion for them. Hmm. But the world begins to catch on fire. They either get burnt up or they get lit. I'm telling you, this, this, there ought to be a conviction going on just because of, of the life you live for the things of God. There ought to be a conviction in your heart, not in your heart, but the conviction of other people's hearts for how you are living for the things of God. That they need your passion, that they need your light. They need your, they need your oil. They need your fire. Hmm. At church, we don't don't let don't let the blessings that God has poured out in your life be make it a compromise for you. Hmm? See, God's poured out some great blessings upon all our lives. Don't let it become compromise. Don't, hmm. let, it be, don't let it become distraction which becomes a compromise to you. Don't let your job become a compromise to not burning hot. Hmm? Don't let, don't let getting get a nicer house or you need another car. Don't let those things be, be what ends up being a compromise in your life to where you have the excuse for, for burning hot when the king comes. Don't let your children be an excuse of why you can't burn hard enough for the things of God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The greatest thing you can ever show your children is, a, is, a, is you yourself laid out on the altar as a living sacrifice for the things of God. That's, that's the greatest thing you can ever train up your children to see is that you are, you have set yourself aside, you've set yourself apart, and you are consecrated to the things of God. You let your life be a sacrifice for Him. That is the greatest thing you can train up your kids on. The greatest thing we can train up our kids in. All right. Let's get let me get moving here. It says, but the wise answered him and said, No. No, there's not enough for me and you. But you go to them that rather sell. You go to them that sell. Now, listen, listen, I don't know where some of you guys have come from. Listen, this oil is not the Holy Ghost, as some denominations like to teach. Amen. If you're not baptized of the Holy Ghost as evidence of speaking in tongues, you're you're not going to go to a place called heaven. Listen, church, that's not not the truth here. The the oil is not not the Holy Spirit. The oil here is the oil of anointing that comes with intimacy. Amen. It's not not the Holy Ghost. Amen. We We receive the Holy Ghost when we get saved. Amen. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost is not your ticket into heaven. Amen. It's your ticket to power. Amen. It's your ticket. It's your ticket to having the fullness of the Holy Ghost working on the inside of you. But listen, this oil is the oil of intimacy. The oil of intimacy. You know, many people. Many people wonder why King David. You know, walks walks. You know, like what, what? What did King David? What was he doing out in the middle of the wilderness? He was out there for for years and years and years. And what? What caught? What did he do that enabled God's gaze to go to King David to say, "You know what? I want that 14-year-old boy, that 16-year-old boy, to be the king of my nation, to be the king of my people." What was it? Oh, it was because he he defeated the bear, he defeated the lion out in the wilderness. No, he did that. He did that because of God. He did that through the power of God. What was it? It was his intimacy. He was poured out for the things of God. He was a man after God's heart. Man, I used to I used to want that I used to want that written on, on my tombstone. Amen. I don't believe I'm gonna be leaving here by, by the way of death not anymore. But I'm you, I used to want that on my, my tombstone. That, that was a, a man you know, a man of faith. You know, you see that man. I don't want that. I want to read. Just, that's that, that was a man. That was after God's heart. A man seeking seeking after the things heart seeking after the things of God. And I am starting to ramble here, so let me go. It says, and while they uh, they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they were ready. And they were ready. They they went in with him uh, to the marriage. And the door was shut. The door was locked. They couldn't come in. And he says, and afterwards came also the other virgins. And they said, Lord, Lord, open unto us. Open unto us. But he answered them and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. He says, "I know you not." This word, this word "know" is an interesting word. You know, there's several different words in the in the Greek that is transfer, uh, translated no. This is, the, this is the Greek word, I do. It's a E-I-D-O. It's I do, amen. And it means that uh, by the lexicon, it means to be aware, to remember, to perceive. Properly, it means to, to see with physical eyes, a seeing that becomes a knowing by perception, a physical sight that bridges the mental and spiritual seeing and comprehending. You know, it's a, its a, just a knowing by by recognizing someone. If you had someone come up to you and say, "Hey, hey, Remy, you know, hey, yeah, it's good to—it's good to see you, man. It, it's been a long time since I have seen you. Don't you don't you remember me? Don't don't you remember seeing me? You know, don't, I think we—I think we met somewhere. I think I think we met over here. But you know, do you, you remember my name? You remember me? You're like, no, no, I don't know anything about you. You must have seen me on Facebook or something, because I've never placed my eyes on your life. This is that. This is that word. I, I, I don't know you. I don't perceive you. I don't recognize you. You've never come into my presence ever. You may know me by Facebook, but you don't. You don't know me. Amen. I don't perceive you. Amen. This contrasts with with Matthew 7, seven twenty three. That word know there, which is gnosko. Amen. Now this is an intimacy type of knowing. Amen. This is the same word that was used in in. Luke 134, or somewhere around there where Mary says, I don't know how I can have a child. I never gnoscoed anyone. I don't know anyone. I've never been intimate with someone. How can I have a child? Amen. So, so what is the Lord trying to tell us here? He's not saying, you know, the ones that aren't intimate aren't going to get to spend eternity with me. Now, they got kicked out too. You know, they got, They'll get kicked out too. Amen. But this is the one saying, listen, those that I don't even recognize you. I don't even perceive you. I mean, you, may, you may have had the oil, you may have had a lamp, you may have came to church once or twice, you may, you may have said my name once or twice, he says, but I've never, I don't know you, I've never, you've never even come into my presence, I don't recognize you, I don't recognize your face. You, you may have read, read a few verses about me, and you think you know me, he goes, but, but I've never perceived you, I've never, I do you. I, I don't know you church, this is a, a terrible place for us to be. A terrible place to be. This is why I'm saying this is that oil that's talking about. It's an oil of intimacy. Church, we we got to make a shift, amen, to where, to where we, we get past even just shaking Jesus' hand because he's saying, he, listen, he shuts the door in their face, locks and says, listen, listen, I've never even talked to you. I've never even talked to you. You're not going to come into my presence. Why? When, you, when I came, you're, you're all busy doing your own things. You're all trying to, get, trying to get prepared when I've already come and gone. Amen. I never knew you. I never knew you. He says there in verse 12, he says, Watch therefore. He says, Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. Watch therefore. Are you watching? So this is the only thing I want to talk about today. Are you watching? Are you prepared? Hmm? Are you ready? Are you seeking? Are you looking for him? Are you expectant? Are you expecting the rival? Are you ready to receive thy king today? Are you ready to receive thy king? Are you ready? I mean, does that put a fear on the inside of you? Or, is that, or does that make your heart just flutter? You know, for Jesus to come into our presence. I'm telling you, true repentance is coming to the church. A true shift in us believing everything the world has to say and us beginning to believe everything that Jesus had to say. Amen, getting our our gaze, our focus totally on him and everything we're doing. I'm telling you, revival's here, church our revival's here. I mean, we, we are a church lit on fire, but see, I don't want it just to be with one, two, three people. I don't want it to just be with one church. Listen, I want it to spread like wildfire amongst everybody. You say, and how's that going to happen? Listen, church, you're going to have to get lit. We're going to have to step over. You know, we're praying over someone. Listen, you can get into the things of God, but listen, just don't get into the things of God. Get deeper into the things of God. You know, when you get to that place, you think, oh, I'm good here. Take one more step. When you, when you think you're good there, take one more step. When you think you've prayed enough, pray a little little. little bit more. When you think you've studied a little bit more, study a little bit more. When you you think you've sought him out enough, listen, seek him out just a little bit more. Amen. Get to that place where you have a red hot burning desire for him. Amen. Amen. Now listen, church. Let's let's bow our heads and close close our eyes here just for one second. Because I want to ask you. Because listen, I know there's a lot of people in here that are offended. I know there's people that are hurt. I know there's people that, that have, have been sitting on the perimeter for years looking on the inside, looking on the inside of the church saying, I don't know if I really want that, but, but it's good. I, but I'm, I'm just happy right here where I'm at. But listen, church, I'm telling you, God is calling us to step out of those things and get pressed in. Now, I'm not, now I'm not gonna tell you, to you lift up your hand, I'm not gonna tell you to come up here front. I'm not gonna do an altar call today. I've probably taken up too much of your time. But what I do wanna do, I wanna pray for you and I want you to close your eyes I want you to seek out the things of God see where you actually are where is your gaze where is your heart what are you seeking after for today because I'm telling you if it's not him listen church we we need to shift something on the inside of us we need to allow God to change something I mean, we need, to, we need to allow this prayer to rattle something on the inside of us, to ignite something on the inside of us. I'm telling you, church, there is a day where you're going to come face to face with your living God, the one that saved you, the one that redeemed you, the one that empowered you, the one that filled you up with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, church, what, what are we going to say when we come face to face? I can only imagine, I think, as the song says. So I just want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. Who I thank you, Lord? I thank you, Lord, that we are in the season sometimes it seems like of difficult messages. But, Father, I know it's because you have such a burning passion for your church, for them to wake up, for them to get involved for them to take up the mantle you placed upon them and begin to to walk in the fullness of the things of God. So as we pray today right now, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting up specifically the people that are offended, the people that are hurt, the people that are lost, the people that know, don't know, even know if they're in or if they're out. Even the people that are have been on the, the hedges, they've been on the perimeter, they've been looking in, Lord, but they've never really taken that step because they really just don't, don't know if they want to sell out for the things of God. I'm asking you, Lord, to put a stirring on the inside of their hearts today. I'm asking you to put a burning, a passion on the inside of their hearts today, Lord. When they leave this place, Lord, they, they're not leaving mad at me, Lord, but they're leaving they're leaving hungry after the things of God. Lord, they're, they're, they're leaving, even just desiring. Man, I can't wait to, to when the next church services. I can't wait to go back and study the Word. I can't wait to go back and just get into your presence when I get back home. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a shift coming in your church. Lord, let that shift start here. Lord, make, allow that shift to, to begin to change on the inside of us, Lord, that we can help change the churches that are around us. We can change communities that are around us. We can change our own family, that we're with to where it's not just another day, not just another day, but it's a day fulfilled with You. Lord, may we, may we not be fulfilled unless we have Your presence. May we not be fulfilled if we don't have Your goodness. May we be not fulfilled if You're not operating through us. So we thank You for it, Lord. Lord, burn us. Correct us. Train us up. Hmm. We desire to be the sons and daughters that you've created us to be. So we thank you for it, Father. We praise you for it. And Father, as is a tradition of this church, Lord, we, we stand on Psalms 91. But we say that there shall no evil befall us. Neither shall any plague come near our dwelling place. or if you give your angels charge of us to, to keep us in all of our ways, or they'll bear us up in their hands, or we're protected in everything we do. Or we won't even stump our toe on a rock because we are protected in everything we do. We thank you, Lord, that we're protected on the railways, the seaways, the airways, the, the walk paths, or even the motorways, any means of, of, of transportation that we may take. We are, we are protected. No wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us, for you have your angels encamped about us. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We are committed people. We're being drawn into that secret place of the Most High, seeking and hunting after you, longing after you, Lord, we don't want to just carry an extra jug of oil, Lord. We want want a tanker truck coming behind us. Lord, we want to be so prepared, so prepared for your coming, but such an expectation that we're we're consistently looking up at the sky. Lord, we want you. We say, Maranatha, Lord, come. We love you. We honor you. Lord, we want to walk hand in hand with you. We want to be with you for eternity. We want to be face-to-face, mouth-to-mouth, breath to breath. (laughs) But in the meantime, Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this family. We thank you for growing us up, training us up. We thank you for the leaders that are being birthed here. Lord, we thank you for this amazing, amazing group of people. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you. We walk out of here and as the ambassadors of Christ, you've called each and every one of us to be here. Lord, thanking Lord, here at the Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word. And we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie